Hey, good morning, FFM, and to everybody else that is tuning in this morning, we are so excited you're here with us. We are so excited that on uh, this, this morning where after the rain has come in yesterday to, to, to bring water, to, to refresh the earth, uh, that we have the sun shining here in our area, um, and it just, I'm so excited, and I hope that where you're at, um, you're going to allow uh, the sun to shine in on you guys this morning as we rejoice about what God is doing, as we rejoice uh, to hear the stories of salvation and of recommitment and rededications, and we hear all of the amazing things that God is doing, and we are, we are just so excited about that, um, and, and we want to continue uh, to, to battle and continue to war, but at the same time, we're going to praise God for the victories uh, that we have coming. As always, we want to start out by, by asking you to, to be a part of the evangelistic outreach team, and that is by sharing. So if you are watching on BoxCast, if you're watching um, you know, through YouTube, uh, jump on over to, uh, to Facebook really quick and, uh, and hit share underneath. You guys, I, really, I know we talk about it, and we talk about it, and we talk about it, and everybody gets scared of me when they don't mention it, but but I, I would love to show you if you, you know, we'll, we'll bring it up sometime and show you the numbers. As we share this, it is amazing the number of people that we can reach just by hitting share on, on a Facebook live stream. So please do that um, and, and know, know that you are uh, going to make a difference in somebody's life out there. Um, along with that, we've been blessed as a church to know that we have uh, people who are being faithful and who are trusting in God uh, through their giving and through their tithing. If uh, you haven't already, if you're new this morning, um, or just a reminder, you know, hop on PushPay if we've got that graphic. We can throw that up there really quick for you. Of, of how to get up onto PushPay, and you can get to that. Uh, you can access that through, uh, uh, through the app. 
um, or you can download the PushPay app. Um, you can get onto our app uh, for the church, which is my church, or you can text it. You can get online. We make it as easy as possible. The other thing you can do is um, you can get an envelope. You can drop a check in there, and you can mail it to the church, or you can drop it off. Uh, the mailing address is on our website um, to, to where you can get that put in here. Um, or if you still don't know what to do, feel free to get on and send us an email. Um, send us, uh, you know, get, get on Facebook and send us a message. We will help you uh, however you need um, to, to make that happen. Um, along with all those options are the sermon notes. You can get uh, this morning's sermon notes, uh, which is, is one that's born out of battle. Um, reading through the sermon this morning, it is one that is born out of the battle of just, you know, continuing on and continuing the fight. You can reach those uh, sermon notes, um, again, on the Facebook, um, through the website, or on our My Church app. If you download, uh, go to your app store, down, uh, look for My Church, and then once you get in there, at the bottom, to, you can do a search um, for you type in Firm Foundation. It's that easy. And we have all kinds of information that uh, we're running through there. So the, the, the fun part, the, the, the most fun part for me, which is uh, we get into our quiz questions. And uh, this has been a lot of fun as we've seen, uh, as we've seen you guys uh, kind of grab onto this and get excited about it. Um, you know, we, if your kids aren't quite ready yet or if you want to make sure you know, uh, remember for later, grab your phone right now, um, you know, and take a photo of it. Um, if you're watching on BoxCast or get ready to do a screenshot. And um, let's take a look, first of all, at last week's questions. Um, so we're going to throw those up there really quick. So the shortest book in the Bible is 3 John. That one, that one took a little bit, but again, as we continue, I, I love how throughout all these questions we continue to, to see the number three pop up in a lot of areas, and for parents, you can uh, have a, a great conversation with your kids about that. Again, um, you know, if you want to have a little extra fun, we love to see them. Uh, video record your kids uh, looking up and getting the answer, and you can hashtag that to FFM. Quiz 2020. All right, the next one. Noah's three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Noah's three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. And the last one, and this is a great story, um, again, to talk, to sit down and have a conversation with your kids of what they were trying to accomplish and why, uh, what came out of this and what God did inside of this and how through this struggle of what they thought was failure, God used it to his glory. And I bet you there's a, a sermon illustration in there somewhere. What were the men trying to do at the Tower of Babel? And that was they, uh, they wanted to build a tower to reach to heaven, to reach to God himself. All right, new questions. So we had the shortest. So what is the longest book in the Bible? What is the, the longest book in the Bible? Again, FFM Quiz 2020. Who was Abram's wife? Who was Abram's wife? And which New Testament book, there's only one, we were talking about this in the back, which New Testament book has Jesus' Sermon on the Mount? So sit down, you know, like I said, take screenshots or uh, some photos of those um, and, and go through those with your kids. Do, you know, even a Google search or, or have them go through uh, the scripture and, and try and find it and uh, it's just a lot of fun, something that we're, we're trying to encourage you guys as a family, um, you know, to do things together uh, while we're at home and um, start a new habit, start something different, start something um, that, that's just, you know, out of the norm for what life had, uh, had had. So we've got, from there, we're going to go into something else for the kids, which is the kids' notes. And if you don't know about these, um, for those of you who do uh, attend 
um, on, when we have Sunday morning, our Sunday morning services, uh, we'd have notes in here for the kids to come up, fill it out throughout the service, and then bring it back and we select a winner. Um, so what we've done is we've moved that online to where you do not have to attend Firm Foundation Ministries. You do, you, any, we don't care where you're at in the world. You can uh, have your kids work along with it. Or you know what? Even as an adult, fill it out. Send it in. We love to, to see the answers and to, to see what God is speaking to you through these sermons. Uh, so these kid notes, they are available on Facebook. They're available on our website and through the app again. Um, and so then every week, we pull out a winner, and that winner gets to have a candy of their choice. And for when Pastor Don remembers, sorry to Mr. Green, he's coming, I promise you. He's stopping over later today. We're dropping that off uh, to the winner. No contact, you know, just a, a way for, for Pastor Don to, to, to drop that off and, and you know, give a little bit of uh, encouragement. So this week's winner, and we'll go ahead and throw that up there, is boom, Maya Munson. Maya Munson. So please, Maya Keep it to yourself. Don't share it. I'm giving you permission to not share your prize. Um, let us know uh, through the comment section what it is you would like or have your parents contact. Or you know what? Even yourself. Call Pastor Don. Let him know what big old piece of candy he's going to bring to you um, and, and drop that off. Again, um, with, with honoring and respecting what we've been asked to do um, in a no-contact drop-off. And um, you know, just something... Just something fun, something to, to kind of break up uh, what we're doing and knowing that these kids, I'm telling you what, when you read through these, these kids are listening, these kids are hearing, and these kids are digesting and really focusing in on, on what, uh, what's being preached and the songs that are being sung and the prayer request section. There are prayer requests that come in that they just, they, they will bring tears to your eyes of joy and of sorrow, but they are kids with incredibly soft hearts. And we, we love them. We, we love them. We love them. We love them. And we hope that you will work along with them uh, to, to really get them to continue to be involved in, the, in these sermon notes. You know, I feel like we need some guitar or something. I feel like I'm kind of lonely up here. But I'm here, Mr. Eddie. I just, let's get a little something going on. I'm, I'm excited for this morning. The battle is raging, but we serve a God of victory, and we serve a God who, uh, who is all-powerful. And so um, that worship is going to lead us into that and followed by a sermon that um, if you thought last week was bringing it, this week I want you to be ready, strapped in, and I want you to be excited because there's purification, there's, there's a fire going that is going to bring the church out of this more bold and more strengthened than it ever has before. So uh, just a reminder as we get ready, we're going to have uh, the live stream. If you can, please share the live stream. Please share it. Please share it. we got push pay for those of you who have joined us in the last few minutes. Don't forget about push pay. And uh, one thing we keep reminding people about is if you're watching on Facebook, um, it's a great platform. We're not bashing that platform. It's a great platform. But if you want to really hear and see what it is we're sending out, we encourage you to go to our BoxCast um, and watch our, our BoxCast uh, presentation. Um, you can get to that through BoxCast.com um, or you know, through the app. There's several different ways to get to it. Um, you can get, use your t uh, television for that, uh, your Roku or Fire Stick. Um, it's BoxCast, and then you just search for Firm Foundation Ministries, and it's going to be a lot better experience for you. You're going to hear more of what we're hearing. It's what we use when we mix. So if Facebook just is sounding a little off to you, um, that, that's why. So we encourage you either BoxCast or YouTube. 
And then the hashtags. We've had so much fun with these, um, the, the, with the hashtags of hashtag um, FFM2020 and hashtag uh, the church has left the building. And we, we wanted to do something a little bit extra, so we had Marissa put a little video together of some of the, the photos that you guys have posted. And we really want you to take this and see it and jump on. We're going to do it again. We're going to do it as often as we get photos. So please, please get on and hashtag your photo on there so that we can find it. And then uh, we're going to get on to them and we're going we're gonna to show them to let people see that we, even though we're separated and we're outside of this building, we are still one body. So let's go ahead really quick and let's roll that video. with her flag. And we showed that right before we get ready to worship because that, you guys have no idea how much of an encouragement that is uh, to everybody here and to everybody that is putting in the work and for this worship team and uh, just the excitement that we have to see you guys interacting. So we're going to be doing that some more. So we really encourage you, make sure you tag it, make sure you use the hashtag, or you can just send it in um, through Messenger, uh, through Facebook Messenger. Make sure we get it. We love to see it because we love to see you guys join in um, with us as we worship. Ladies, don't forget about the retreat. Uh, we've got information up online. Life is going to get back um, to, to where we're going to be able to get together. I don't want to say normal. I don't want to go back to normal. I want to go to what God has planned. Um, so, but at some point, ladies, you guys are gonna you guys are gonna be coming up here in November for the ladies' retreat. Um, get online for more information. I'm excited. I'm ready. Hey, I'm Don. Are you ready? You ready? Oh, you want me just to go to it? Hey, guys, we're excited. The battle is raging, but I guarantee you this: the victory belongs to the Lord. So let's stand. I ask you to stand with me. Show your faith this morning. Um, lead your kids this morning. Uh, show, show the enemy uh, that we're serious this morning. Let's stand. Let's raise our hands. I just encourage you right now. Raise your hands. Father God. Father God. You take what the enemy is meaning for evil and you're turning it for good. 
And that doesn't mean that the enemy's giving up or quitting. It just means he's battling harder. But we know God and we rely on the fact that we serve a God who is alive and who is well and who has victory and who has a plan and a purpose. And this morning, God, we don't pray just that we would make it through this morning. But, Father God, we pray for salvation. We pray for, for recommitment. We pray for the, for, the, uh, for the lost to come home, God. We pray for the, for the marriages to be, uh, to, be, to be healed. We pray for the sick, God. We pray for the sick to be healed in the name of Jesus. And we come with boldness before your throne. We come requesting these things, God, knowing that you hear us and that you have given us the authority and the power. And if you're sick this morning, we ask that you get on and you let us know because we have people standing by to pray for you. We pray that you would let us know so we can pray over you. If you have any prayer requests, we don't just need to do prayer requests in the evenings, and we love it, and we ask you to join us, but we ask that this morning you send in your prayer requests so we can be praying over them. But God, we are excited. We're so excited you have put us in this position so that we can spend time focused on you. So God, bring victory in Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Good morning, church. If you're listening this morning, there's freedom for you. There's freedom in this place. You have freedom to shout, to dance in your living room. Because where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. We believe that this morning, and I encourage you to sing with us. And receive the freedom that the Lord has for you this morning. Here we go. Yes, God, we cry out to you, Father. Yes, Jesus, sing out, you came. You came to set the captives free. You came to bring us liberty. My sin and my rejection made your blood and my acceptance. Now I'm alive to bring you praise. Where the Spirit of the Lord is there.
God, you're a faithful God. You remain the same. You never change, Father. You're consistent. Even when our circumstances change, our seasons change, but Father, you remain the same. You are still good, and we sing your goodness this morning. Lord, we praise you for your goodness, Lord. We bless your name, God. You're the God that keeps on giving, Lord. Your mercies are new each morning, God. Each day you refresh us, God. Lord, you never stop giving to us, God, because the more we seek you, the more we find you. And the more we find you, the more we re you reveal yourself to us, and the more we know you, and the more we love you, God. So we bless your name because you keep on giving, God. And the more we know you, the better you get to us. Your love is better than life itself, Lord. You have always been kind. 
firm upon your truth knowing you cannot be shaken because i've seen what you can do like Brenda was saying, the more we get to realize that he's always giving us something new. He's always speaking to us through his word, through prayer, through his spirit. And I just want to encourage you that you may feel alone, you may feel like the Lord isn't there, but the more you seek him, the more you will find. The more you knock, the more he will answer. And what the song is saying is that God, he's super consistent and he's always getting better. He's always going to give you more strength. He's going to give you more joy. He's going to give you more peace during this storm. He's going to give you more assurance during this season. Because he continues to get good. He continues to get better. So that's why we're singing this. Come on, here we go. Every day is sweeter. Every day is better. Every day is sweeter. Every day is better. Every day gets sweeter, 
Last time you are good. goodness it remains the same and God we find we find you in your presence God your presence God is an open door to freedom your presence is an open door to peace God when the storm came when the wind when the wind blew in that boat Jesus because of your presence you were right there in that boat and you said peace be still and the storm was gone and peace came in that boat, Father. And we just declare that in your presence, God, there is fullness of joy. By your right hand, O oh God, there are pleasures evermore. You are here with us this morning, God. You are omnipresent. You are with us this morning, God. So we just declare, Father, that breakthrough is coming through your presence, God. It's Jesus. Yes, God, we declare that the greater things are yet to come. Greater things are yet to come in our city, in our county, in our state, in our nation. And in this world, God, you're doing great things.
minutes, two to three minutes right now. Grab the hand of your spouse. Grab the hand of your children right now. Let's get together. Start praying for each other. Start praying for each other. Prayer time is not a scheduled thing that we're just doing in the evenings. Prayer is, prayer is a lifestyle. Prayer is how we commune with the Father. And right now, I want you, we're not going to go into the next song. We're going to wait till 1030. We're going to get three minutes. We're just going to cry out to God right now. Just start praying for your wife. Start praying for your kids. If, you're, if your child is struggling with school right now, start praying for them. If your spouse is struggling with a sickness, with a cold, with a flu, start praying for them. When you start opening your mouth in faith, when you start praying, when you start believing, the Lord brings healing. The Lord hears your faith. Multiple times in scripture, when Jesus healed someone, he said, your faith healed you. Your faith healed you. And this morning, God wants to see your faith. He wants to see your faith. Start praying for your family right now. Father, I lift up every family that is listening right now. Father, I pray that you meet them this morning in their living room and in their bedroom, that you meet them, that you touch them in an intimate way, that you touch them in a special way, Father, that they can see that you are with them. I pray that you stand close right now to the brokenhearted. Your word says, Father, that you are near the brokenhearted. Anyone who is grieving right now, anyone who is going through sadness right now, Father, God, I pray you be with them right now, Lord. Show them that you're real and that you have peace and comfort for them, Father. God, I pray for all those struggling with addiction right now. I just pray freedom right now. Father, I pray that you break the chains of alcoholism, of drug addiction, of sexual sin, of bitterness, of unforgiveness, of lying. All of these struggles, Father, I pray that you break those in Jesus' name. I declare freedom to those who, are, who have been bound by chains for too long. You are no longer a slave. Jesus has freedom for you. He has freedom for you. We don't, we don't live, for, we don't fight for victory. We fight from victory. Jesus said it himself, I have overcome the world. Yes, you will go through trials. You will go through tribulations. But fear not. You can relax because I have overcome the world. And by that, we can celebrate in faith and have victory that even though they have given us extra weeks to stay at home, even though people are getting laid off, even though you may have a financial struggle right now, the Lord is still in control. The Lord is still in control and he will provide. He will provide for your finances. He will provide for the areas that are scarce in your life whether it's finances, whether it's physical, emotional, mental, or spiritual, he will always provide. We're going to continue in worship this morning because we believe that when we raise our voices and melodies that, that the Lord hears us. And we're just joining the songs with the angels. We're, de we're going to declare his victory this morning. Yes, God, we have victory in you. Cause the God I serve knows only how to triumph. My 
God will never fail. Oh, my God will never fail. Sing it out. I'm going to see a victory. I'm going to see a victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. I'm going to see a victory. I'm going to see a victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. I'm gonna see a victory. 
been held in your hands from the moment that I wake up until I lay my head I will sing of the goodness of God so my life you have been faithful so my goodness of 
things we could sing about God why not sing about your goodness thank you Lord that in the middle of a trying time or when everything around us would declare that you are not good but Lord you come with your grace and your mercy and your faithfulness and God you declare you establish and you reveal your goodness Lord you are a good good father this morning and Lord, we just want to say that. Lord, we want that to be our worship, not just the words in our lips. God, we want that to be our song to you, Lord. And so right, right where we stand this morning, right in our homes, wherever we're at, thank you, Lord, for your goodness. Thank you, God, for your grace and mercy to us. We pray it in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. It's good to see you all this morning. Thank you for tuning in to our live stream broadcast. Uh, whether you're on Facebook or Instagram or Boxcast or wherever you're watching this morning, we want to just thank you. Uh, again, I think from uh, my heart as your pastor and our whole eldership team, we want to thank you for being so faithful and helping us um, be evangelistic during this time and, and sharing uh, this live stream. Uh, just share it out so that everyone can see it. Um, you know, it's amazing how fast bad news travels, you know, and it's, it's amazing how slow good news travels. Um, and, and that's been the statistics, and you can share one bad thing, and man, it's like a wildfire, and it seems like you have to share a good thing a uh, hundred times in order to get any results. So that's why we need you. We thank you for helping us preach the good news. 
and sharing the gospel uh, through uh, the power of the internet, especially social media, which tends to be uh, everybody's permission uh, to mind their, everybody else's business but their own. And so we just want you to uh, share it and let's take over social media. Amen. And uh, I think that it, God is giving us plenty of space and uh, time and ability to do just that. And so uh, it's so good. I, I want you to remember um, your media team and your worship team here at Firm. If you're just new uh, to Firm Foundation Ministry, maybe you're tuning in because your church isn't able to have a live service uh, like this. We want to welcome you. But we, we want to just uh, ask you to continue to keep our media team and our worship team in your prayer as uh, they continue to try and, and serve you this way in, in the way of worship. And we know that there's a light at the end of the tunnel very soon. And so uh, I want to encourage you this morning to let you know that our team has been working very diligently in the background to prepare for your return. Um, and uh, we've got uh, a, a very good plan that we've put out. It's very detailed that as soon as we get a date to where we can return to the buildings, then uh, we're going to be making a video and putting that out for you so that you understand all the details that have been going in to getting ready for you uh, to come back to the building. And so uh, we're going to call it a comeback service. Or, or so you always hear these things like comeback kids or those type of things. But um, listen, the church hadn't went anywhere. As a matter of fact, I think in the last few months, the church has been as more, most, more effective than it's probably ever been. And uh, we're um, incredibly thrilled by your help with that. I, I love the way Matt put it this morning. Help us uh, be a part of our evangelistic team. Push share. And it's the easiest way you can be evangelistic in the world. Amen. So much going on. Make sure you check out all of our, our Facebook page and our website for all of the calendar events and things that are being rescheduled and those things, especially Doug, Doug's newsletter that goes out every Thursday, I believe. So uh, continue to pay attention to all those things for details. And uh, personally, again, as your pastor, I just want to thank you for, for your giving. It's been incredible, and we can't wait to give you an update on that also. So, this morning, though, I want you uh, to turn with me in your Bibles to Revival Reign Part 2. And we, we're going to continue to talk about revival. I believe that God has put it on our heart. I believe that God has put it in uh, the side of, of, of the dreams of the church for so long. And we, we've dreamed about it, we've talked about it, we've preached about it, we've prayed about it, until the point that we can become uh, almost discouraged a little bit about it. When are we going to see it? And I just believe it's coming, uh, especially in, in, the, in the circumstances that we see happening right now. And so we're going to continue to talk about it for the next few weeks. And so I want you to turn with me in your Bibles to Ezekiel chapter 37, verse 1. Ezekiel 37 Verse 1, and the hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley, and it was full of bones. And he caused me to pass by them round, and behold, there was uh, very many in an open valley, and indeed, they were very dry. And he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? So I answered, O Lord, you know. And again, he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, surely I will cause breath to enter into you and you shall live. I will put sinew on you and bring flesh 
upon you, cover you with skin, and put breath in you, and you shall live. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as commanded, and as, pro- as I prophesied, there was a noise, a sudden, a rattling of bones came together, bone to bone. And indeed, as I looked, sinew and flesh came upon them, and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. They looked like something, but they weren't alive. Hello, somebody. I said they looked like something, but they weren't alive. I said they looked like what they were supposed to look like, but they weren't alive. And sometimes we look at the church, sometimes we look at the body of Christ, and and, and we see it on the outside, and it looks like, come on somebody, it looks like something. Watch this. He said to me, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, thus says the Lord, Come from the four, four winds, O oh, breathe, and breathe on them slain, that they may live. So I prophesied as commanded me, and breath came into them, and they lived, and stood upon their feet, an extremely great army. Y'all, you need to underline it in your Bible. It's an extremely great army. It's not just an army. It's not just a, a great army. It's an extremely great army. It's a picture of what God wants to do with the body of Christ. It's a picture as God is breathing into us, as God is pouring himself out onto us in this time, in the midst of when our buildings are empty and the church has left the building. We want you to understand that God is moving and that he is breathing. Then he said to me, son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. They indeed say our bones are dry, our hope is lost. And we ourselves are cut off. Therefore prophesy and say to them, thus says the Lord, Behold, O my people, I will open your graves and cause you to come up from your graves. Bring you into the land of Israel. Come on, church. And then you shall know that I am the Lord when I have opened up your graves. O my people, and brought you up from the graves. I will put my spirit in you. Come on, church. And you shall live. You're not just going to look like something. Y'all not listening to me this morning. You're not just going to look like something. When God breathes on you, when he puts his spirit into us, we don't just look like something. We become what God has called us to be. When the breath of God is inside of us, nothing speaks more powerfully about revival than this passage. As God wants to pour himself out in a special rain. Like we talked about last week, as the rain comes on a dry land, then so does the wind, the breath of God, to revive us and restore us and to make us into what he's called us to be. Today's message might not be what you might think is a barn-burning sermon, but it will build a foundation. Come on, somebody. Too many times we care about the fire revival, and we never put too much thought into the foundation of revival. I want to talk to you about a foundation this morning. I think that's going to help us as as we receive what God is doing. Yes, it is true that God has a plan for us to be flames of fire. He said in Psalms, I'll make my ministers as a flame of fire. He said that. It's not enough, though, to belong to a place where the fire burns. We have to become the flames of the fire. Talk a lot about church and about the body of Christ, and we should. And we should. But I want to remind you today that the body is made up of many members. I want you to understand that. That just as the body has many bones, just as a wall has many stones. 
Just as an army is made up of many soldiers, the body of Christ is made up of many members. You say, what's your point, preacher? Well, I'm glad you asked. Because I usually have one or two. The body can only be revived as its individual members are revived. I said the body can only be revived as its individual members are revived. Do you understand what I'm talking about? Like when God brings revival, he just doesn't want to bring revival to a church. He just want to bring a revival to a group of people. He just doesn't want to bring revival to a specific geographical area. When God brings revival, he wants to bring revival to individuals. A wall can only be built by the setting and the fitting of each particular stone. And the Bible calls us living stones, stones that are alive, stones with life inside of them. And see, the Bible looks at us and says, revival comes only to individual stones that are set on fire. I want you to understand revival's not just for FFM. Revival's not just for St. Joe County. Revival's not just for America. Revival's for you. It's for me. And Ezekiel 37 is powerful. It's undeniably a a, a scripture about what God wants to do as he revives and restores and pours himself out. The end result of this revival is an army that is raised up and does battle for the Lord. Think about this. Many of you have contacted me. We've talked, we've chatted on the phone, through emails, uh, through messenger, all these ways that we've been communicating later, lately. And all of you have said, Pastor Don, I just feel the Spirit stirring. I feel the Spirit stirring. I feel, I feel God is wanting to pour Himself out. And I believe that there is a spirit of revival in the land. I believe that. When our, when our leaders of our nations are, are encouraging us to, to take time to work on our personal relationship with God, there's revival. The spirit of revival is stirring in the land. Come on, church. In a time when we can't do anything but pray, listen to me, church, a spirit of revival is coming to the land. I believe the wind of God, the breath of God, the Holy Ghost is moving just as he is. He was in the day of Pentecost. I believe it's coming. And it's no coincidence that this is happening between Easter and Pentecost. Grab a hold of this. God is raising up a mighty army, a blood-washed army, a Holy Ghost-filled army, a fire-baptized army, a Bible-thumping army. Y'all not listening to me. God is raising up a pew-jumping, amen, aisle-running, tongue-talking, sin-hating, listen, Jesus-loving believers. He's stirring inside of us something that's never been stirred before. An army's got many soldiers. A wall's got many stones. The body of Christ has got to have many members. Come on, church. Revival must be personal. You should write that down. You should write that down in the heading right there in your Bible, in Ezekiel chapter 37, verse 1. Revival must be personal. I don't want to just look like something. The breath of God moving inside of me. There, in front of Ezekiel was a valley. A boneyard, an army. But it was dead. It was dry bones. 
Here's my point this morning. I want you to grab this. And you need to, you know, every bone had a personal revival in this chapter. Think about it. Every bone, not just every body, but every bone in that body had to be moved by the power of God. I said every bone. See, God just don't want to touch a little bit of you. God just don't want to touch almost all of you. God wants to touch every bit of who you are. God wants every bone in your body, every part of who you are, amen, to be received. Receiving his breath, receiving who he is during this time. God is not interested in just a little bit. God wants every bond or who you are to be touched by the power of God. When he breathes on us, he don't breathe on just a little bit of us. He breathes on every bone. He breathes on every part. Even those parts you don't want God to breathe on. Hello, somebody. Even those parts you want to stay hidden. Those parts maybe you want to stay out of the breath of God. God's going to breathe on them. God's going to breathe on them. This is a supernatural moving of God. And God gets inside of every bone. And every one of those bones began to shake and began to move by the power of God. Read it again. Every bone began to shake and move. I think we're seeing a divine visitation. you got to watch this. But the only way to revival is to become revival. Listen to me. The only way to have revival is to become revival. Every bone must commit to the process. I said every bone must commit to the process. To be the product of revival, every part of who we are must commit to the process. We talk about the revivals of old days. When they would go for weeks and months. Every day. For hours. Sometimes camp meetings would have two, three meetings a day for months. It would be amazing. And every part of, and you'd have to commit every minute of the day, every part of your resources, every part of who you are in order to be a part and a product of that service. And we talk about all those grand meetings where God fell and the power of God came and people got healed and delivered and demons were cast out and salvations happened. Why don't we see it today? Because the truth is, until a couple months ago, on Sunday mornings, once a week, you could leave or take the meeting. How are we going to convince you to have three meetings a day? I said every part of who we are has got to be committed to what God is doing right now. The wall is only as alive as the stones that make up the wall. Listen to me. The church is only as alive as the individual members that make up the body. If you are not prepping your life for revival, don't expect to see it corporately. Personally, God wants to breathe on you. Personally, God wants to change your life. Personally, God wants to dust off the dryness inside of you. Personally, God wants to put sinew on those areas that have been weak and make you strong. Personally, God wants to shake up some things that have been laying dormant in your life. Personally, God wants to bring revival to you. you got to read this for what it is. God's bringing revival to you personally. I'm in pursuit. Are you in pursuit? Are you in pursuit? I'm in pursuit. Are you in pursuit? Somebody's got to be in pursuit of revival. And if we are in pursuit of revival, we got to decide. We must be committed ourselves personally to the process. What are we doing with what God has given us? Are we sitting around and worried about what we think the world is taking away from us? Or are we too focused on what we think we're losing and having to give up in order to see what God is trying to give us? 
There's a reason why the rich young ruler went away sad. Jesus said, go sell all you have. Give up everything you have. Give up your rights and come and follow me so that we can serve people together. And the Bible says he went away sad because all he could see is what he had to give up instead of what God was trying to put on the table. I want to see what God's placing on the table. I don't care what I lose. I only care what I gain when I walk with Jesus. I want revival in my life. I don't want to walk away from an experience with Jesus sad. So oftentimes we only concentrate on what we have to lose instead of seeing what... Anytime Jesus is trying to make a trade with you, he's trying to give you something better. Hello, somebody. Anytime Jesus is saying, give me this, he's intending to give you more. The old timers, at least from where I'm from, they used to sing a song. It's not my brother nor my sister. But it's me, O oh Lord, standing in need of prayer. Y'all have heard that song? It's not my brother. It's not my sister. But it's me, O oh Lord, standing in need of prayer. They used to sing this song. We, we may all come together. Listen, we all want to be back in the building. Listen to me. We may come together and shout and praise and God and have a good time in the house of God. But if every bone gets on fire, you'll carry it from where you are to everywhere you go. Personal revival is the product, is the product of what God is doing in our life. Let me put it to you this way. Personal revival produces corporate revival. How we expect the whole church to be on fire for God if, 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 if you're not personally on fire for God? How we expect revival to come to the nation if you're not personally being revived by God? I need to warn you that the true biblical revival has nothing to do really with jumping up and down, running the pews, shouting, running the aisles. And I'm for it. Do the glory run. I might just follow you. But true revival is more than just the Holy Ghost coming and giving us a jump start. True revival is getting back to the foundation of our faith. True revival is always begins with, I'm going to say it in church. I'm going to say it. I know it's a dirty word. Y'all need to, true revival always begins with repentance. I think you can measure the success of true revival by the depth of repentance that comes out of it. I said, I'm going to say, I put it up here so you can write it down. The measure and success of true revival has nothing to do with how many days you had church services in a row. Come on, I've been a part of them. I've been a part of a revival that went for three months. Seven o'clock at night to one o'clock in the morning, seven days a week for three months in a row. Hello, somebody. I've seen the Shekinah glory move under the tents. I've seen people slain in the spirit. I've seen, I've seen tents so full of people on their face, laying before God, not being able to move. I've seen demons get cast out. I've seen miracles take place. We've seen all of those things. But let me tell you something. The true measure of that revival was not the number of days it went. It was about the souls who were saved. It was about those who came to know Jesus. It was about those who came in repentance and, uh, and, and repented of their sin. Listen, A.W. Tozer said this. He said, blessings always follow the plow. Let 
In other words, God's blessings come where the Word of God is allowed to penetrate our heart and plow up the soil of our life and root out that which is offensive to the Holy Spirit. Hosea says this. Hosea 10, 12 says, break up your fallow ground for it is time. Everybody say it's time. He said, break up your fallow ground for it is time to seek the Lord till he comes and rains righteousness upon you. Come on, somebody. I'm talking to you personally this morning, and I'm telling you about a foundation that God is trying to put in our life to prep us and get us ready to stand when the fire of God falls. Because I'm telling you right now, when God's fire comes, if you don't have a good foundation, it's oh me or amen. Because see, fire is a purifying agent. And I'm just telling you right now this morning, if you're not preparing your life for revival fires, you better not be praying for it. Repentance is a word that you don't hear much today. Popular preachers won't use it because it's offensive. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something right now. We're going to miss God every time. We're going to miss God every time if we're worried about getting our heart offended. We're going to miss him. John the Baptist, his message was what? Repent. For the kingdom of God is at hand. Jesus came and he said what? Repent. For the kingdom of God is at hand. And Acts chapter 3, the apostles' message was what? Repent ye therefore and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out. When times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. That was the message. That's still the message. And anything that compromises that is an agent that compromises revival. Repent, repent, repent. Just like refreshing follows a rain shower, refreshing follows, listen, listen, revival follows the outpouring of what God is doing. That's why Hosea said, plow up your ground, get your life ready, God's about to do something. Second Chronicles, we know it well, says, if my people which are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Hello, somebody. Let me translate that. I'll put that into PDism for you. Y'all better get right. Then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sins and heal their land. Listen, the first step to personal revival church, it's not difficult. It's to humble ourselves and pray. But see, we're so used to doing everything that we feel like prayer is actually doing nothing. Because we got to stop everything we're doing to pray. See, there's a time when God says, you got to break up the fallow ground. you got to stop everything else what you're doing. And you got to pay attention to getting things right, getting it plowed up, because I want to put some seed somewhere. And you're busy doing everything else. You're not getting your life ready. The first step in revival is to humble ourselves in prayer. And I've been doing study on revivals lately. I've spent a lot of time reading about revival. And there isn't one of those great revivals that I've read about that wasn't preceded by a year or more of prayer. Even in my own lifetime, I can list some. Brownsville Revival, which was not far from where we lived in Florida, went on for three years, six nights a week. Music came out of there, and souls came out of there, and incredible times came out of there. My wife and my daughter actually went to several meetings over there. It was incredible when people would start lining up at noon for an evening meeting. 
But what people don't know is that the senior pastor of that church, a year prior to that, canceled all midweek activities except for prayer. And in that year, he took a lot of pressure from people about canceling things in church and saying we ain't doing anything but praying. But when God came, hello somebody, the ground had been plowed by prayer. Come on somebody. If we want revival, I'm telling you right now, one of the greatest things we can do as a church is pray. And that means to me, one of the greatest sins of the modern day Western world church is prayerlessness. We've got to get a grip on things. Why are we surprised at the lack of power in church? Come on, somebody. Prayerless church is a powerless church. I mean, this is exactly why we've been putting so much emphasis on prayer. Y'all listening to me? This is exactly why it's so important to gather ourselves together and commit to praying. A steam engine's got to have steam to run. Y'all listening? Uh, listen, a gas engine's got to have gas to run. Listen, an electric engine's got to have electricity to run. And a church, if it's powered, has to have prayer to run. Often the only prayer we hear, though, is the short prayer at the beginning and the e end of the service. The one service we might attend a week. But God said, my house shall be called a house of, we do all kinds of stuff. Let me tell you something. We can have a pancake breakfast and 300 people will come. We can have a prayer meeting and get five. It seems to me like we do everything except pray. I'm going to be honest with you. We got eaten meetings. Look, I had missed one. I go to every eating meeting. I should skip a few. We got dramas. We got plays. We got seminars. We got inspirations. Is that what we call them today? I, I don't even know. We got so many Bible studies. We, 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 are the, we claim to be, we the people who claim to be the most Bible taught, but seem to be the most Bible literate. We got Bible study after Bible study after Bible study, and, and, and then we, are, we say, let's pray, let's pray. Oh, I'm busy, or prayer's too early, or prayer's too late. Let's pray, let's pray, let's pray. We got time for everything but prayer. Now, I'm preaching this morning. I don't know if you like it or not. But we got time for everything but prayer. And we wonder why we don't see revival. We wonder why we don't have the power of God. We wonder why we don't have power over the devil. We wonder why we aren't, our people aren't getting saved and healed and delivered. We, we wonder why people aren't getting filled with the Holy Ghost. If we want God to send fire, church, then just like Elijah on Mount Carmel, we got to build an altar. 
We got to build an altar. We got to put some wood on that altar because we're expecting fire. And you know what? If we got some faith, we got to put some sacrifice on that altar if we're expecting fire. And you know what? If we got some faith, let's just see what God can do. And maybe we'll put some water on that wood. Everybody knows wet wood don't burn, but everybody also knows that when God gets ready to set fire, it don't matter how wet wood is, it's going to fire, it's going to come, it's going to lap it all up because God's going to show you who he is. If we want God to send fire, we got to do some of these. The weakest Christian on their knees is the greatest threat to to the gates of hell. Heaven's greatest jewel and hell's greatest dread is a church that's on her knees. I'm going to say it again. I said heaven's greatest jewel and hell's greatest threat is a church on its knees. Not a church who's got the, the best worship or the best preaching or the best programs. It's a church on its knees believing in who they say they pray to. The power of God only comes to those who pray. And I'm going to say this with all the boldness and all the pastoral love that I have. Prayerless saints or powerless saints? I said prayerless saints or powerless saints? It was was 120 people that waited and prayed in the upper room that heaven opened, fire fell on every head. And the Bible says, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and the power. And they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them other. The Bible says every head got a flame. I'm telling you, it's personal when God sends revival. He don't want to leave you out. Every head got a flame. I don't know about you, but I'm looking for mine. This is a personal Pentecost. Do you understand this? This is a personal power that comes through personal prayer. And prayer is the key to heaven's treasure. You better bet that this morning. All the resources of heaven wait and are demanding on prayer. And just in case you think I'm not Bible taught, Matthew 7, 7 Ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door shall be open to you. Asking, that means pray. John 14, 3. Whoever shall ask in my name, I will do it. I don't got a trick Bible this morning. Mark chapter 11, verse 24. Who, whosoever things you, or whatsoever things you desire when you pray. Everybody say when you pray. Believe that you receive them and you shall have them in James 4, 2. Ye have not because you I don't got a trick Bible this morning. The power of prayer is unlimited because prayer accesses the unlimited power of God. I said the power of prayer is unlimited because prayer is what accesses the unlimited power of God. What do you want, church? What do you want, O people of God? Do you want God to blow on us like he did in Ezekiel chapter 37? Do you want dryness to be removed? Do you want the rain of God to come? Do you want God to flood us with his power and with his spirit? Do you want to see souls saved and people healed and the captive set free? Do you want to see demons running and the addict delivered? Do you want to see it this morning, church? I'm asking you a question. I want revival. I say we got to pray. Prayer is our access to unlimited power. Do you know that the Bible literally says that it was because of prayer that Elijah shut up the heavens for three and a half years? He he shut up heaven for... He prayed and heaven shut up for three and a half years. And you know what happened? He prayed again and heaven opened up. 
James chapter 5, just in case, again, you think I'm not Bible taught. Elijah was a man subject to like passions as we are. The Bible says Elijah's just like you. He's just like me. He's just like everybody else. But he was a man who was committed to prayer. Watch what happens here. And he prayed earnestly that it would not rain. And it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months. And verse 18. Everybody say verse 18. Come on. And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth brought forth its fruit. I'm telling you this morning, church, it's time to pray. It's time to pray. Now is the time to break up the fallow ground. Now is the time to get ready for revival. When revival comes, if you wait then to get ready, you will miss it. In Revelation chapter 8, the angel at the altar with a golden censer filled with incense. And it was mixed with the prayers of the saints. And the angel took fire from the altar and mixed it with the prayers of the saints. And cast it into the earth. And there were voices and thunderings and lightnings. Y'all been telling me you see revival. I'm telling you what you see is Revelation chapter 8. I'm telling you right now, God is about ready to unleash Revelation chapter 8 on us. Because there are angels in heaven who are mixing our prayers with the fire of God so that God can pour it back out on the earth. I don't know about you, but I'm ready. I'm ready to not be able to preach because the altars are full of people giving their heart and lives to Jesus. I'm ready, church, to see people running to say, Jesus, be my Lord, be my Savior. I'm ready to see the fruit of revival as souls of men and women who give his heart and life to the Lord. I'm ready. That's what revival looks like to me. Not a full house, not a lot of church services. Listen, I love both of them, and I'm willing to do them all. But I'm telling you right now, this is the revelation of the power of prayer, how God takes prayers of the saints and uses them to manifest his power on planet earth. It's right there. It's right in your book, church. In other words, God's power on earth is manifested in the proportion to the prayer of his saints. Y'all better rest there for a minute. Because if you think we've just been doing prayer services just so we have something to do, you're missing why we're praying. Everything starts with prayer. Everything ends with prayer. We may preach. We can run. We can jump. We can shout. We can dance. We can operate in the gifts of the Spirit. But as far as advancing the kingdom of God is concerned, we haven't done anything until we've prayed. I said, we haven't done anything until we've prayed. And the Bible says, and I may just preach on it next week, so y'all better get ready. I don't know. But it was at midnight when everybody else was sleeping. When Paul and Silas prayed. Y'all better hear me. And the Bible says that it was at midnight when everybody else was asleep. Paul and Silas prayed, and the Bible says God shook that prison off its foundation. He knocked the doors down that held the captive shut. He pulled them off the hinges. He loosed every prisoner in every barn. And I don't know about you, but I think you know some people who are prisoners. I think you know some people who are struck and are bound by addiction and depression and anxiety. I think you know some people that are bound by the, the grip of the, of the power of Satan this morning. And I want to tell you right now, I know there's a longing in your heart to see them set 
set free. And I'm telling you how to kick off prison doors. I'm telling you how to kick them off the hinges. That means we got to pray when ain't nobody else praying. That means we got to be committed to prayer when everybody else quits on it. If we want to see earth and shake by the power of heaven, we got to pray. We got to pray. You hear what Pastor Don is telling you this morning. You hear it well. Prayer shakes the gates of hell and it opens the windows of heaven. You can quote me on it. I said prayer shakes the gates of hell and it opens the windows of heaven. That's the power of prayer. Elijah built an altar of prayer. That's what he built. The greatest fear the devil has is that the church will rebuild its altar of prayer. Woo! Y'all better not hear me. The devil's not afraid of our preaching. There have been some good preachers, amen? Amen. There have been some better preachers in the Bible than any of us that are preaching today. I said there have been some good preaching. The devil ain't scared of preaching. Let me tell you something this morning, church. The devil ain't scared of a full church. He ain't scared of a packed building. He ain't scared of fancy music. He's not scared of all those things. Y'all better hear me just right now. What the devil is afraid of is that an altar will be built, amen, and that God will be worshipped and that the saints will call on heaven, amen, to shake off his power. We got to talk about this thing because it's what God is doing. We got to talk about how bad, how wicked, and how evil this world is so we can cry out to a, to a God of heaven, amen, who will come. And I'm going to tell you right now, I don't believe nothing's going to change until we pray. And I'm not talking about Jesus. I'm not talking about Jesus. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray my soul to keep. Listen, Jesus already kept my soul on the cross of Calvary. He already did that. Amen. I'm talking about shaking the gates of hell. I'm talking about going, praying over that lost loved one. Praying over that prodigal son. Praying over those neighbors. Praying over those co-workers. Calling them out by name. Praying over your spouse. Lifting up your kids in prayer. Praying over your ministry teams. Praying over your pastors. Praying over the church. I'm talking about crying out and calling out to heaven and saying, God, shake us. Shake us. Shake us. Nothing will change until we pray. Nothing will change until we pray. We used to understand that prayer was our warfare. We used to call praying saints prayer warriors. But now most of those people who call themselves prayer warriors are the first people who give up on prayer. I believe there's only one way to revival. There's only one hope for America, and that is the hope of praying saints. The body of Christ being revived by its God. The body of Christ calling on heaven and saying, Father, breathe on us. And breathe on every bone in our body. Breathe on everything we do, God. Let your spirit flow into us, God, and set us on fire. Put sinew back on us, God, and strengthen us, God. And stand us up so that we'll be a mighty army for the kingdom of God. Prophesy. We need some prophecy. We need it. We need it more now than ever. And I'm calling on all the prophets. I'm calling on all the prophetic gift at Firm Foundation Ministry. Prophesy. Just speak what God is showing you. Let the elders weigh it. That's it. Hello, somebody. Don't worry about what it looks like. Let the elders weigh it. That's our job. Your job is to prophesy. Your job is to speak what God is showing you. Listen, pray. Let the fire fall and prophesy. And watch God breathe on something that's dead. I believe there's only one way to revival. And I'm going to tell you this morning, right here in this place, I'm going to be bold. Revival's coming to America, not because a new president's coming. 
Hey, revival's coming to America, not because uh, we find some kind of political unity. Hello, somebody. Revival's coming to America, not because we finally get our legislation right. Revival's coming to America, not because we're Republicans or Democrats or, or, or some other kind of crap. Amen. Uh, or, or whatever it is. Revival's coming to America because the church has finally got to the grips that all we can do is pray. And so, therefore, that's all we've been doing. Our only hope is gone. I said our only hope is gone. Can I say something very boldly right now? To all you people who've been fussing about prayer needs to be back in school. Well, guess what? School's in your house. Now let me ask you how much prayer is going on in your house. Y'all might want to sit down. Y'all been fussing about prayer and even be back in school. And they wouldn't put prayer back in school. So God put school in your house. How much prayer is going on in your house? You praying with your kids every morning? Like you want the school? Like you want somebody? I don't want somebody else praying for my kids. I don't want somebody. I want to be the one praying for my kids. Are you, are you, listen, it's your job now as a school teacher. You can teach them whatever you want to. You got Bible hour at your school now? You got Bible You got Bible hour in your school now? You, you've been fussing about, man, I wish we could have Bible hour in public school. Hey, school's at your house now. You got Bible hour at your house? I'm, I'm preaching this morning because I want revival. Y'all been fussing about prayer needs to be back in school. And God said, well, let me just show you something. I'm going to put school in your house. How much prayer is going on? Now, some of y'all praying because y'all done got the revelation that your kids is full of demons and your teachers have been dealing with them. And that's why you've been praying. And you ain't been praying for your kids. You've been learning to pray for them teachers that had to deal with your kids. And let me tell you something. You better start praying for them Sunday school teachers at church that's been dealing with them little heathens too. Because now you know. All them children church workers, now you know. Them people are saints. They deserve first entry into heaven. Amen. They deserve all the prayer because they're dealing with your heathens. You better get out of line and let them skip you. That's all I got to say. I'm telling you right now, school's at your house. Guess what? God's back in school. Prayer got answered. I said prayer got answered. It didn't get answered the way you thought it would, but guess what? God put prayer back in school. Now, can't nobody fuss at you. <laughs> you don't need to pick it. You don't need to protest. You don't need to write your school superintendent anymore. School's at your house. It's amen or old me. And y'all can say, Pastor Donald's preaching good this morning. I ain't like it, but it was good. I want you to understand right now, God's back in the White House. Not just because some man sits behind the desk. God's there. <laughs> Amen? God's there. And I need you to understand, God's in the church house too. It might not be full <laughs> of people, but God's in the church house. He's doing what only he can do. I say to you this morning, the only way to get God back in our lives is prayer. And y'all need to pray like you never prayed before. I'm not talking about setting some stopwatch and saying, okay, I prayed for an hour today. Stop all that nonsense. Sit down with your heavenly father at the table and talk to him. Talk to him. 
Call on his name. Call on his name. Where are the prayer warriors? Where are the prayer warriors? And let me tell you something. If y'all think I'm going to stop preaching like this, when y'all all back in this building, you got another thing coming. I'm liable to get even more undignified than this. I can imagine there might be some people during the sermon turned it off because they ain't like it. And that's why they don't experience revival. God called us to servanthood. And servanthood means I got to lay down my life. Right? And we, we all excited that Jesus laid down his life. And, and our Christian faith is built on the fact that Jesus chose servanthood and sacrifice over personal rights. I said Christianity is based on the fact that Jesus Christ chose sacrifice and servanthood over his personal rights. Now, don't you tell me Jesus didn't have no rights because he said himself, all I got to do is call the angels. Don't you know? No man takes my life. I give it freely. There are 12 legions of angels waiting. Jesus said that. It's in your Bible. That's a Roman legion. That's 72,000 angels were on the cusp of heaven waiting for Jesus to say, I got rights. You know what Jesus said? I'm going to lay down my rights for you. I'm going to lay down my rights for you. And I'm going to serve you because you mean that much to me. Boy, I wish the church would get that revelation. Jesus followed his own preaching. You remember there in Matthew chapter 5? The Sermon on the Mount? Oh, I gave him an answer to one of the Bible quiz questions, didn't I? Where Jesus said, hey, if someone asks you to go a mile with them, Maybe you should go too. You, you only been asked for one. It's your right to say at the end of that one mile, no. But Jesus said, let's serve. Let's love. And watch what I will do with what you do with your servant. Now, let me tell you something. There's never been a time, and it's been hard, and I'm going to be honest. I'm human just like everybody else. There's never been a time when I have said, Lord, I'm going to give this up so that you can work and, and move in a big way. That God hasn't done that, and he hasn't moved in a way that's powerful. And I'll tell you this morning, God's using this whole time to check our spirits just to see how biblical we really are. And I've learned a lot through my own prayer time. And I've learned a lot through my own chastising. Let me tell you what. God said, hey, God said he would offend your flesh to reveal your heart. And you're not the only one who's got his flesh offended lately. But when God does that in our hearts and lives, then we hear the true word of the Lord come and say, hey, I had to get something out of the way because there was a dry spot in your life I wanted to breathe on. So this morning in this place, I want you to understand this ministry is committed to prayer because we believe revival is coming. We are taking Hosea 10, 12 to fact, and we are plowing ground, and we're going to keep praying, and we're not going to stop praying. We don't care if technology quits working. We don't care if it fades out each and every night. We're going to battle it, and we're going to pray, and we're going to pray, and we're going to pray. And we'll keep praying.
We want to keep calling on heaven. And the Bible says that Elijah was a man just like me. And he prayed, amen, and, and he said, God, don't let it rain for three and a half years. And it didn't. God answered his prayer. Y'all get it? And then the Bible says he prayed again. I'm telling you right now, don't you think. The Bible says that the prayer of a righteous man availeth much. That means it gets something done. And I need you to understand, I'm not afraid to pray boldly because I know I'm a righteous man. Not because of my works, but because of his. I am made righteous by his blood. This morning, we want you to commit with us to prayer. We, I told you at the beginning that we as a team have been preparing and waiting. We've been setting the stage for when we all get to come back together. There's a plan. Your part is to pray and get yourself ready for personal revival. Personal revival. A personal breathing of the Spirit of God. To let it come. Let it come. And I want to say to you this morning that if you've been watching this and you're not saved, pray with me, saints. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, Jesus has come today to save you and to set you free. He's come to breathe on you like Ezekiel chapter 37 there. He's come to raise your dryness back to life. Through the finished work of the cross of Calvary, Jesus Christ bled and died for you. He shed his blood so that your sins could be cast as far as the east is from the west, never to be remembered again. He died and resurrected from the grave so that you could have your home eternal in heaven. That's what he did. I want to be like him and serve you and tell you that this morning if you'll give your heart and life to Jesus you'll be saved for sure and so if you're not saved right now I want you to pray with me Father I'm a sinner and I've sinned against you and I ask right now that you forgive me of my sins I repent of my sins I ask you to wash me in the blood of your son Jesus and I thank you Lord that that blood is enough it cast my sins as far as the east is from the west, never to be remembered again. I thank you that Jesus Christ is now my Lord and my Savior. Satan, I have renounced you. I serve you no more. Jesus is my Lord. Thank you, God, that you make my home eternal in heaven. In Jesus' precious name. And everyone said... Amen. If you prayed that prayer as a new believer, please comment. Let us know. Someone's going to be in contact with you to touch base with who you are, regardless of where you live. If you don't live in Michigan, if you live somewhere else around the world or on, uh, uh, in the country, we don't care. We want to touch base with you some way, somehow. We want to know what your life's like and what God is doing. For all of you, the other ones, you, Firm Foundation Ministries, or any people who are watching, that you, you go to a different church, but you're watching because maybe your church doesn't have some of these services available and those type of things, thank you for that. If you're one of those people, we encourage you to support whatever your church is trying to do at this time. Amen? But we appreciate you, you uh, tuning in and watching this. Do us a favor. Share this message. Watch what God will do with it. Watch what God will do. I believe God's going to change hearts and lives in a powerful way. Revival fire is coming. Amen. And the rain of God is going to shower the land. Amen. And, and it's going to produce what God wants to do. And we believe that. Amen. So let's close this time in prayer. Father, thank you for this meeting this morning. Thank you for this word. God, let our ears hear it and our heart receive it.
Let it be like seed sowed in fertile ground for God to come forth and produce fruit for your glory and your honor. Our cry this morning, God, is let revival fire come. Let revival fire come in Jesus' precious name. And everyone said, amen. Hey, God bless you. Thank you for joining in this morning. Amen. I, I hope that uh, God has been a blessing in your life today. Listen, if, if you share this for us, share it, share it. Be a part of the evangelistic team right now and just share it. It's great. Uh, again, thank you for being so faithful in your giving. And uh, we will see you, listen, Monday morning at 9 a.m. for Pastor Don and Sister Lisa's marriage devotions. And then 6 p.m. tomorrow night for prayer again. God bless you. We'll see you then.